The Wild lose to the Stars in six. So we turn the page to where do we go from here? We discuss as we wrap up the series on today's episode of Locked on Wild. You're locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day of the week. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube so you don't miss out on any of our new episodes throughout the week. On today's episode of Lockdown Wild, Alex Micheletti joins us to recap the opening round series loss to the Dallas Stars. And we'll turn our attention to some of the players who may or may not be on this roster come next season. My name is Seth Topol, your daily Minnesota Wild insider, and we are joined by Alex Micheletti once again for a Micheletti Monday. Alex, I'm going to uh, I'm going to defer to you a few times to talk about the series because I broke things down from my perspective at length yesterday um, in an episode, a bonus episode that the Everydayers uh, heard and reacted to. Um, big day on YouTube in the comments yesterday, which we like, we love that. So let's just talk about this series against the Stars and, and what was what was the most disappointing part for you of seeing the Wild bounced in six games? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the top players, they're, they're nowhere to be found from the majority of the, the series. Very frustrating. You know, I know there's injuries, but uh, to not get anything from, from Matt Boldy was very disappointing. Um, same thing with Kirill. I know he's not getting help on his line, but that was that was just tough because you see a guy like Rupe Hints, and I think he ended up, you know, leading the, the first round in points. Uh, and yeah. it goes to show you how much this team desperately needs a number one center. It makes your team so much different. And he was, he was the difference maker of the entire series, him and Miro Hishkinen and, uh, you know, <laughs> our old friend, Ryan Suter kind of just basically shutting down Kaprizov too. Those were some of the storylines for sure. Yeah. Missing Erickson Eck, mm-hmm. him being your number one center did hurt. And you know, that that's one aspect of this series. The center depth obviously was a, a huge point of weakness in this series. The stars dominated in the face-off circle, which helped them set up things on special teams, both power play and penalty kill. And you look at it, like you hit it right on the head is the top guys just were not there to the extent that, uh, that the stars top guys were. And it just, it's frustrating because we, we talk about now having seen this, for seven consecutive postseasons, and I said it on yesterday's show. It just it looked a lot like what we saw last year, which I think makes this one even more frustrating this time. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, they start off the series with just such an emotional win in in overtime with that Ryan Hartman goal, and then they decide to go to Mark Andre Fleury in Game Two, and they just completely kind of lost all momentum in the series, which is. You know, you know, you talked, you talked about it. Uh, just kind of a, 
you know, spitting image of, of last year with the blues making, you know, wrong goalie choices at the wrong times. And, you know, they just got flat out coached. Um, and so that was, that was really, really frustrating too. It seems like for whatever reason, Pete DeBoer um, has the, the magic elixir to, to take down the wild, no matter what, what team he's coaching. And so, yeah, lots of, uh, lots of interesting decisions to be made this summer in regards to, to coaching and what they want to do going forward. Yeah, and we we saw Jake Ottinger as the series went on. You saw guys too, a lot of just uncharacteristically missing shots. Not even missing shots, missing the net in this series. I, I lost track of the number of times that you'd get like Kaprizov set up on a one-timer and it just wouldn't be anywhere close or Zuccarello or up and down the list. It just was... It was a frustrating performance, to say the least, but the Stars are the team that's moving on, and now they have an opportunity, as we'll talk about in a little bit, because the Colorado Avalanche lost, the Boston Bruins lost. Uh, There was a lot of chaos that happened throughout the course of this weekend, and so um, just, just what we see in playoff hockey is that what, you wouldn't ex- the Toronto Maple Leafs won a postseason series for the first time since 2004. So just about everything you wouldn't expect to see happens happens in just a great weekend of watching hockey. Yeah, it was it was unbelievable. You take a look at a lot of those games and the intensity and the urgency in teams. You know, I, I hope the, I hope the Wild were watching. I hope, I hope the management was watching, coaching staff because. They were, you know, the teams are putting their bodies on the line to to try to win. Uh, that in, in, incredible Florida Panthers team, uh, they they had penalties go against them, and they didn't they didn't uh, just say we're we're we're, we're finished. They, they they stuck with it, and, you know, pulled their goalie, tied it up, and then won in overtime. It was it was incredible watching a guy like Matthew Kachuk just you know will his team to victories. He said in the locker room earlier in the series that uh, boys be ready to come back here for a game seven. And he called it and called a shot. And so, yeah, that was incredible to watch. And uh, Toronto, you know, <laughs> hopefully the wild don't turn into Toronto where it's, where it's 19 years, you know? So uh, yeah, it's just incredible playoff uh, so far. Um, and it's only going to get better and better for sure. Yeah. It's just beginning. Now the big question, the one that I spent most of the show yesterday diving into was, of course, the uh, the status of the, the coaching staff. Should there be big changes? Should there be some staff tweaks? I'm of the belief that I, I, think, I think you would have every reason to want to just make that big of a change. But what do you think? Do you think – and let's – Let's just put this out there because this was brought up, and I think this is something that will factor in. The fact that Dean's got two years left on his deal, um, it that's something that will play a role in what happens. But ultimately, do you think the Wild move on from the whole staff, the assistants? W- w- do you think they do anything like that going into next season? Yeah, I would think assistants, you know, I don't know all of them, but at least at least one. <laughs> I you, you know, like you said, I don't think I don't think Craig and Leopold would want to, you know, have to pay 
Dean's, you know, two years and then the entire coaching staff, you know, everybody on that coaching staff, that's, that's a lot of money <laughs> that I'm sure he doesn't want to, to deal with, but uh, yeah, I mean, we could see, you know, you can't, you can't win in the postseason if you're penalty killing power play or yeah. some of the worst in, uh, in all of the 16 teams uh, that made it uh, because, you know, the games are so tight in the playoffs and you take a look at Dallas, they, they took advantage on the power play to, to win them a couple games. And so, yeah, there, there just has to be, you know, some type of change there. And it's not, it's not always the injuries that are are affecting, Mm. you know, the power play, you know, it's the schemes and uh, zone entries, you know, there was just no adjustments, you know, there was, there was no adjustments at five on five, or, or special or power play or penalty kill. There could have been some penalty kill changes and just, they kept throwing the same people out there. They, I mean, it was, it was so frustrating because it was easy pickings for, you know, for the stars, you know, you, they were, you know, they were doing a good job five on five with them. But then when it came to the power play, uh, you know, Dallas took advantage. I mean, you know, Tyler Sagan went into the Joe Pavelski role and he just completely dominated. It was, it was something else to watch. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Obviously with it being Monday, um, when people are listening to this, it's possible that something has happened by the time you listen. And so if that is the case, there'll be another episode, but We'll see what happens. Ultimately, it's Bill Guerin's call, but I would imagine he was not pleased with what he saw, um, especially to end that series. So we'll we'll see what happens. The big thing that Guerin is going to have to weigh is who stays, who goes on the roster side. And so we'll flip our attention to that by going through some of the names of players that will stay, players that won't, players that should, players that probably shouldn't. Uh, We'll talk about all that as we continue today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. Our next partner is a product that I use every single day of the week. That is AG1 by Athletic Greens. Maybe you're like me. You want to be healthy and eat well, but it's always easier said than done. That's no longer the case with AG1. With one delicious scoop of AG1 in a glass of water each day, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It can be hard and expensive to keep track of multiple different supplements and vitamins, not to mention how hard it can be on your stomach. AG1 costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Continuing today's episode of Lockdown Wilds, once again, thanks for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. For the everydayers, make sure that you tune in tomorrow as we continue to unpack what we saw in the series against the Stars and where we go from here. That'll be a week-long theme here on Lockdown Wild. Joined by Alex Micheletti today, and Alex, let's 
start to push the conversation that way by taking a look at some of the players that will have their statuses uh, decided. Unrestricted free agents, restricted free agents. Obviously, the big one is Philip Gustafson. And we didn't know what to expect from Gus Bus uh, when he came here before the season started. But boy, did he make an impression in his first real chance in the NHL. And rightfully so, he uh, he hiked that price tag up pretty good for, uh, for what he did uh, throughout the course of the season, too. Yeah, he saved the season. It, uh, I remember us uh, talking, you know, the first couple of games of the season, it was like, uh, did they make the right decision? I'll never, I'll never forget that avalanche game. What was it like six, nothing or yep. something like that. I was like, Oh boy. And, uh, you know, he proved me wrong. He proved a lot of people wrong and, uh, yeah, he saved the season for them. There's no way they would have finished as high as they did without, without Gus. And so, yeah, every, every win towards the end of the season and made the, made the price go up and he's, uh, He's the number one guy they have to get figured out because uh, once they figure out his number, then they'll be able to see how much they have left for for other guys. And so they have to get this one right. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, hopefully they're able to you know to resign him. Hopefully nobody offer sheets him because that would be some <laughs> that would be very interesting too. So that's a, that's another thing we have to keep an eye out for uh, uh, what we love to call um, offer offer sheet season. Yeah, the we don't want the poison pill um, no. that happened to the Vikings with the Seattle Seahawks, Steve Hutchinson, then Sidney Rice. So we don't need we don't need the offer sheets. Um, let's stick with the goalies because this one is an interesting discussion piece as well. Mark Andre Fleury, he has one year left on his deal, and from the sounds of it, in comments after the uh, after the series, he's. He is coming back, but this will probably be his final go-around. So do we see Flurry in a wild uniform, or do we see Bill Guerin maybe, I don't know if Pittsburgh would bite, but maybe give him that opportunity then for that farewell tour with the Pittsburgh Penguins before he hangs it up. What do you think? Yeah, I was... You know, I thought it was really interesting that they put him in for that third period. Then this was before we, you know, he told, um, you know, the reporters after the game that he wanted to play one more year. I just thought uh, it made no sense for him to play the third period. So I thought this was like his his swan song to yeah. you know, get one last uh, go at it. But, uh, you know, he wants to play. It would be so nice to get that three million off the books. Um, so, you know, if it's not Pittsburgh, hopefully, you know, there's, you know, there's probably going to be some other teams that would love to have him in the room, you know, he's such an amazing locker room guy. Yeah. And so, you know, you know, and then give Wallstad a chance to be, you know, the backup to, to Gus have that uh, Swedish combo <laughs> as, as a tandem, uh, you know, that would be so nice. Just, you know, just with the cap crunch there. And, you know, I know he doesn't want to move his family, but uh, you know, it would be very enticing to, to get him back to Pittsburgh and to get him back with Latang and, and Crosby and Malkin where they had that amazing run uh, all together there. It would be quite the story. And the Pittsburgh, uh, you know, one of the major factors of them not making the playoffs was their goaltending. Uh, Tristan Jari and Casey DeSmith were, were awful. So, you know, I could definitely see, you know, Bill, uh, you know, talking him into that, especially with all, you know, with Bill's history with, with Pittsburgh too. Yeah. <laughs> so and 
it's it's a situation too where he he may not want to relocate it, but it probably is a little easier to do if you are in the mind frame of this is it, like this is going to be the the last ride um, for for Flurry. We'll see though. Garen yeah. Garen obviously likes him a ton, and he has had a huge impact, I think, on what we've seen from Philip Gustafson. So. Um, if if the money doesn't come from there, it's going to have to come from somewhere else. Uh, let's look at some of the guys that were brought in uh, for the trade deadline. Of course, John Klingberg um, played in the uh, the final few games of the year. Played in the postseason. Do you think we see him back? I know his his cap hit was I think for the full year seven million, yeah. but. For Klingberg, he may have shown enough that he gets a more long-term deal from somebody else uh, out there on the free agent market. Do we see Klingberg back? No, 100%. I think he's gone. <laughs> yeah. You know, he is definitely looking for that longer, longer type of deal. He couldn't get it last time. And so, you know, Anaheim was desperate to, <laughs> to, <laughs> to have somebody, you know, they... It's the appropriate uh, word. Exactly. And, you know, they gave him that, you know, heck of amount of money for, for one season. So, you know, I think he's looking for more, um, you know, more years than, uh, than the dollars, but yeah, uh, yeah it's, uh, you know, it's, it's too bad. He, he, he looked decent. Um, <laughs> he's, he, you know, he was such a polarizing player with, with this fan base, but uh, you know, he, he's a good he's a good power play guy and so yeah. there will be teams looking for his services for sure final highlight for him of the season was being taken for a ride by Rupe Hintz on the uh, first goal of the game for the Stars in game six full 360 yep. that was Finn on Swede crime yeah. there uh, Rupe Hintz was in and one mode uh, that, yeah. was, that was crazy Rupe Hintz was trying to uh, trying to end a postseason <laughs> series by himself yeah, it was incredible. He, that's that's what uh, that's what number one centers do. Yeah, <laughs> they, that's for sure. They love to do it against the Wild for sure. Um, Matt Dumba, the writing is pretty much on the wall for this one. It's been talked about a lot, and I think more likely that we don't see Dumba back because of how he played down the stretch. He found some game that we hadn't seen in a few years down the stretch just with how physical he was and it really seemed like he was trying to kind of enjoy the moment in stride but I think that play has led to him probably finding some more money on the free agent market and probably a multi-year deal which is something I don't think the Wilds can afford. Yeah 100% I agree with you I think he's gone you know he he knows that uh, there's other teams watching him too. They can see this tape and, you know, it was some of the best that he's played in a wild uniform. And so, yeah, it's going to be weird to not have him on the team. You know, I think, you know, that fight where he got in a, you know, when uh, he got in the fight with Matthew Kachuk, <laughs> it's weird to say when he was in Calgary, um, you know, and he just tore his pec- pectoral muscle. And I, I just don't think he was ever the same, you know, when he was drafted, yeah. he was uh, kind of uh, you know, supposed to be like Brent Burns and, this high flying offensive defenseman. And it really changed after the, uh, you know, after the injury, which was unfortunate, but uh, you know, he, he was playing some of his best hockey when he was paired with Jonas Prodeen down the stretch there. And so he was such an important 
you know, person to the organization off the ice uh, as well. And so it's going to be weird, weird to not have him on the team, but you know, they have Brock Faber as the, you know, replacement and <laughs> say what you want to say about, uh, you know, Jonas Brodine and Jared Spurgeon, you know, two stalwarts uh, on the defense. Brock Faber ended up being one of the best defensemen, you know, probably better than those two in the, in the series. I mean, yeah. he saved that one game uh, uh, by blocking the March Mint shot. And uh, he looked like a multi-year veteran and he had only a couple games of NHL experience prior to the playoffs. And yeah, he was incredible in his first go around in the playoffs and he's only 20 and it's, it's the future is extremely bright for Brock. And he's a player that I think you just, you slot into the lineup and you Mm -hmm. just accept that. Yeah. There are going to be some moments where you think, okay, that's, that's something that a rookie would do, but Mm -hmm. like, I, I don't think there's any way that you can pull him out of the lineup and say, all right, you gotta go, you gotta go get, your minutes in down in Iowa. Like, no, he is he is up here for for the rest of his career. For yeah, sure. he's he's not moving. So there there are a few others. There are some bigger names to discuss, and so we'll uh, we'll finish today's episode by taking a look at some of the uh, the names that are in house right now that may not be come next year. All of that coming up here on Locked On Wild after this. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild. Again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. Smashed the monthly downloads record uh, for the month of April. Uh, back-to-back months, in fact, in which this show hit uh, over 50,000 downloads, which is just its video game numbers. And it's, it's because of everybody that tunes in, whether it's your first time listening or whether you have been with us since the beginning. Thank you for uh, for continuing to tune in. And uh, we will continue to pump out the content for you throughout the rest of the playoffs, throughout the offseason, all leading up to the start of next season, sometime, sometime in October. Um, continuing to just look at some of the names with uh, Alex Micheletti here today of players who may or may not be back. We probably should discuss Brandon Duhame because – Myself being the president of the fan club, I would like to see him back because I think he offers a lot of versatility and you've seen a nice bump in his overall game from his rookie season to this year. And so I would say I would put him in the going to be back because you could probably do something similar to Connor Dewar's deal which is not going to cost you a ton, but those guys play pivotal roles on this team. They help out on the penalty kill. Uh, that that fourth line is one that is important, and so I, I would like to see him back. Do you think we end up seeing Dewey one back on this team? Yeah, he's a unique player. <laughs> Bill Guerin loves him. You know, uh, he's the he's the energizer bunny on the team, <laughs> and uh, you know. Like you mentioned, he, you know, he fits into multiple roles. Um, you know, he's not your typical fourth line grinder. Uh, he has some speed. Uh, he plays with an edge, which, you know, which we love to see. Um, and he doesn't, uh, he doesn't go over the edge too. And yep. so, uh, you know, if you need somebody to fight, he's there to stick up for his teammates too. And so he brings that, uh, that element as well. 
And, you know, he's a great locker room guy, you know, no, you don't have to worry about him off the ice. And so that's a guy that you want on your team and, you know, hopefully they can, you know, meet in the middle there of, of what they, you know, what they want to do. I think the telling part is that his hits stayed. Now he did miss some games this year, but Mm -hmm. his hits stayed at relatively the same clip and his penalties dropped substantially which tells you that you've got a guy that knows how to use that physical piece without going overboard. And that's valuable for the sixth most penalized team in the NHL, third most last year, so little improvement. Um, for a team that is as penalized as much as the Wild have been, that's valuable. So would like to see him be back. The most interesting one, I think, and there's a reason that I saved this for towards the end, <laughs> Kalen Addison. Because I, I could see it going either way. I, I really don't know if he ends up being dealt, if he maybe asks for a number in an extension that the Wild aren't comfortable with. I, I, I'm not sure which way this goes. Yeah, I think he could almost go to his agents and say, "I'm just find me, find me a you know a trade, you know, find me a team that wants me." It's uh, when when they traded for John Klingberg, the writing was on the wall for yeah. for Kalen. You know, they, I mean, even at the end of the season, there they had him playing forward uh, for a game, uh, just because they were in desperate need uh, and they were resting people. But uh, you know, it just. Uh, when they don't trust you in the, in the playoffs, that's, that's a big sign. Uh, there's another name that we haven't brought up in Marco Rossi too. When, you know, I mean, when, when a guy like Eric Snack is out and they need a center and they don't call you up, you know, in your first round draft pick and you're not playing it, it you know, it opens eyes, you know, it's, uh, those are two guys that are going to have to prove themselves. You know, if, if they don't trade Addison, it's a gigantic year for for him and, yes. and Marco Rossi. They need to have big big summers. They both need to get stronger and, and faster. You know, it's just the battle level has to be so much. You know, it, it it's different. You know, the NHL is different than the AHL. We we can say it with Rossi, point point per game down there. It's a different beast up here. You're playing against men, grown men, huge guys. You know, Kalen is is smaller. It's just uh, you know the offense is there for him, but. There's a reason he what he was you know minus seventeen uh, on the ice. I know plus minus people hate it, but it's a factor. You know you're yeah. out there, and, and so you're out there for goals against, and that you know it happened way too many times near you know uh, at the end of the season there. And so yeah, big summers for both. You know that I think they could get you know get something for Kalen Addison because he's still young enough, and so. Yeah, the the money's gonna be tight, so somebody's gonna have to go. Yeah, it's and most likely, if it's not him, you know, it's gonna be some other the of the lower um, pairing defenseman, John Merrill, Alex Goligoski. You know, there <laughs> there's one team that always can save the day for the Wild if they're uh, looking to shed money and is to call up Arizona because they. <laughs> As we know, it's a Fugazi that, you know, it's like a Ponzi scheme down there. They'll, yeah. they'll, they'll just stick injured guys on their team or they need the money to get to the cap floor. It's it's embarrassing, but uh, you can always call up them and maybe send Goligoski back to Arizona. Well, and 
the Goligoski contract is an interesting one to watch because he's got the same provision in his that Marc-Andre Fleury has in his contract in that if he retires, the Wild are not on the hook for any of that money. And I don't he, – he played here and there down the stretch, like the second half of the season. But when he did play in like a – bunch of games stacked together not particularly good and so honestly it wouldn't surprise me if Bill Guerin looks to move one of those guys um, just because you've got the Brock Faber spot so somebody has to come out and yes Dumba is is being taken out of that six as well but I go back to what we saw from a guy like Dakota Mermis. And yes, it was only for two games. Just stepped in and looked fine. You can find guys to fill a bottom third, like your your bottom pairing defenseman. You can find guys anywhere to do that for relatively cheap. And so it wouldn't surprise me at all if that portion gets shaken up, considering that Merrill played while Klingberg was hurt, and then as soon as Klingberg was ready to come back, <laughs> Merrill was out of the lineup and never to be heard from again. Uh, John Merrill was not not playing well down the stretch. You know, he was getting walked by guys and taking really dumb penalties, and so you know his taking his money off the books would be graded. It's kind of, it's giving me deja vu of uh, uh, Dmitry Kulikov <laughs> vibes, <sighs> and. I can't believe they were able to trade him. And so, you know, you know, maybe look for another team that uh, somehow, uh, you know, Bill Guerin pulling a Houdini uh, um, and getting a Merrill off, off the books would, would be huge. Uh, it's uh, you know, there's, there's guys in Iowa that are hungry, ready for spots too. I look at a guy like uh, Damon Hunt. Uh, he looks like he, he, you know, he could make the next step. And so you got Carson Lambos too. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of exciting, uh, you know, defensive uh, prospects in, in Iowa that are ready to, you know, to make the next jump too. Yeah, and let's and let's not forget too that one of the moves that didn't end up happening that was a surprise was that the Wild were in on Ryan McDonough uh, mm-hmm. when Tampa Bay was trying to to move on from him, and so this again is kind of the Bill Guerin special is that there are a few things that we assume that the Wild are in on, like on the surface level in front of the camera. He's got five or six things going on behind the scenes that we don't hear about until like the very last minute or until after the fact. And so there, I think with the limited funds uh, available via free agency, I think we will see some trades this off season to try to free up money or to try to, well, we'll give you this player and take this player on with maybe a minimal addition of salary cap taken on or, or a slight reduction. I, I think that's the way that we'll see this team um, have pieces added in as we go. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, and there could be some shocking moves too. You could ask some guys to to try to move uh, no trade clauses. You know, maybe you know ask Matt Zuccarello. You know, would he be willing to get get you know moved or you know take a look at a guy like Marcus Foligno? I know he's he's beloved by this uh, by this team's fan base, but uh, you know he had a really rough uh, you know postseason, and so 
you know, money's going to have to come from somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, I mean, I would love, I would love for them to be able to resign Nyquist and Marcus, you know, Hanson. Those are very skilled guys, but they, you know, they were really productive at the end there. And, you know, there's a lot of teams that could use, you know, the, those two services. And so it, you know, hopefully they can try to keep them, you know, it'd be really nice. Uh, I, I was even impressed by Oscar Sunquist for, yeah. you know, for the little amount of uh, time he was here. Um, you, know, you know, he scored a goal in the one game he was in against Dallas and then was never heard from again too, which was, which was unfortunate. Uh, but uh, you know, he's won a cup and, you know, you always want to have guys that have had success in this league and, yep. and having cup winners is, is huge. Uh, it's uh, invaluable for a team. Ryan Reeves too. Another guy yes. that uh, could potentially be looked at as returning. So no shortage of questions to answer. <laughs> the book may be more full than last year's question booklet was at the end of the year, but we'll have you covered every step of the way. We'll, uh, we'll do the player evals. We're also going to do a series here in the offseason that uh, one, of, one of the listeners mentioned on YouTube that I just have been waiting for the opportunity to do. And just taking a look at like how members of the Minnesota Wild roster, how they got here, kind of a getting to know them type, uh, type series. So we'll do that as well uh, here in the offseason too. But that will do it for today's episode. So, uh, again, thank you for taking the time to make Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. If this is your first time listening to the show, we welcome you in. And uh, make sure you take the time to subscribe on YouTube and follow on your favorite podcast platforms. If you are one of the everydayers that listen to the show on a daily basis, we'll talk to you again tomorrow. But either way, we've got fresh content for you with new episodes every Monday through Friday all part of the Locked On Podcast Network.